I know, I know how to drive. Mm-hmm. So why would I sit comfortably in the back seat That's and it. let somebody else steer all the decisions in my life going this way and that way? Mm-hmm. I, I know which way I want to go, mm-hmm. but I'm going to sit back here mm-hmm. and I'm going to let somebody else take me where they want me to go that's going to benefit them. Wow. If you're a go-getter, faith-driven and family-focused and need to break through to your next level, this is the podcast for you. Your self-talk can reshape every area of your life. It's time to dream and think big. Welcome to the Self-Talk Experience with Darnell and Tracy Self. It's time to elevate, baby. Let's get into the show. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the Self-Talk Experience. I'm super excited today, babe. That's right. This is self-talk because the things we say to ourselves about ourselves eventually determines what we attract for ourselves. Mm -hmm. In today's self-talk family, we've got her bestie in the house, Mr. Michael. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's up, up? self-talk family? (laughs) I finally made it. Yeah, (laughs) I've been trying to get on this since episode one. I don't think you all know. We couldn't get on his schedule. He he fit us in tonight. Literally, he just flew in. Yeah. Like, back in time. I I bet people think we hang out all the time. I'm sure they do, because we live, what, about 20 minutes from each other? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I I don't think I've seen you a couple times this year. I I know. I haven't seen you since January. I think it's January. You haven't seen me. But we're here. We are here. And I'm excited about this episode, guys. And how long have we known Mike? When I met Mike, I was pregnant with our second to oldest, and he's about to turn 26. Wow. Yes. Wow. So we've known each other for a little bit. Quite a while. Yeah. And so Mike and I met and he wanted to fight me when we first <laughs> met. Like, I'm not even a fighter. Like, I'm like, dude, like, we're not going to fight. I'm not, from the suburbs. How you going to start the self-talk experience with that story? That is not. Because I need I need to know, like, what did you say to yourself <laughs> to evolve from that person to who you are today? The people need to know, man, that you can't, you, I mean. Like, dude, like, can we be friends? Well, I'm not a fighter. I'm a, I'm a lover. I'm a dancer. <laughs> what <laughs> happened? What was yeah, the story? Yeah, what was the story? What happened? Because I sold your mom a water filter and you thought I was trying to, like, get over on your mom. Okay. And yeah. so your mom was like, you got to meet this nice guy. And you were like, oh, yeah, I, I want to meet him. All right. <laughs> I'm going to get your money back and the money he had in his pocket. Is that is that true? That is. Yes. <laughs> but I've changed because of self-talk. I grew. You I have. Grew, You're a totally different person now. You are. You. I can vouch for you. I appreciate it. You're totally different than you were a couple of weeks ago, actually. But <laughs> we won't go there. We'll, See. Yeah. So listen, guys, today, <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, this man has gone from delivering mail in Georgetown as a mail carrier to multimillionaire. But more importantly, I've witnessed, and here's the reason why I feel like this is so special for us, because we've had an opportunity to witness you go from your male uniform to a place where you've empowered and equipped so many other people to win and become the best versions of themselves. And that's what this is all about. It's like somebody watching this now, it's like, man, I want to become a better version of me. Absolutely. So not only did you pull yourself out of a place to a new place, but you brought other people with you. And so we, we want to talk to you about that. No, it's exciting to be here. And and quite frankly, you guys were a part of me, be, that whole transformation. So you say you witnessed it. You, you all held my hand throughout that entire process. So, wow. you know, more than half of my life, we've been friends and best friends and, you know, built 
uh, businesses and a nonprofit and have done so many things, you know, not just philanthropically, but empowered so many people. So you, you have seen and more importantly, helped me get out of that postal uniform to get to and go to a new place. Yeah, that, well, you know, one thing I was tired of the stories about you running from dogs in Georgetown. <laughs> so I'm like, everybody had dogs in Georgetown. Like, if you know Georgetown or Washington D.C., everybody had a dog. Like the dogs had dogs in Georgetown. <laughs> like everybody had a dog. So yeah, it was a scary, scary thing. So so let's talk about this. In fact, Mike Hughes posted something. Like, I don't know, maybe as a Yeah, day you posted ago. the other day. You had a post that was really good and very thought-provoking. You said that you'll stop settling in your life when you realize what you were meant to do mm. and who you were meant to be. And I wanted to ask you, what moment was that for you? Or you could say that there were different moments that led to a particular thing. Right. What would you say? Uh, I think it was when I, I, so I bought a house at 21, like growing up in the inner city of Washington, D.C. I mean, you all know where I grew up. You know, we've we've done a lot of charitable work back mm-hmm. in my exact same neighborhood. And we still do to this day. Thank you very much for that. Yes. yes. But growing up where I grew up, you know, my goal was just to buy a house. Right. Well, first, my goal was to live to be 17, if I could be 100 percent honest with you. Wow. And let's hold on. Let me, I got to stop you there because I didn't grow up like that. What happens where you just say, I just want to live to 17? I had a lot of friends who didn't didn't live to 17. Mm. So that was the first goal. You know, my mom's goal was I just want to see you graduate from high school. Uh, So with that being Your mom actually said that to you. She just said, if I can just live. But she had gone through some health challenges Mm. and things of that nature. She Mm -hmm. said, baby, if I could just live to see you graduate high school. So, you know, that was her cap, you know, her her limiting Mm. to be belief at that point. Obviously, she's still around yeah. uh, doing all the things that she does. But that was it. It was just to be able to get to that point. And I knew that I was designed for more or I couldn't settle for more when I, I took that goal to another level. It was about a house at 21, which was, I don't even know how I came up with that. But I started working at the post office at 21. And within that first year, the goal was to get a house. And wow. I was able to accomplish that goal. Wow. Here's when I knew I was designed for more, though, because that wasn't enough. Mm. Right. Making a great income for someone 21 years of age, no longer in the environment where I grew up, having enough, more than enough, where I could take care of myself and, and, and give a little bit. Um, and, and I knew it was more. I knew I wanted more. How, how did you know? Because you were exposed to another group of people. Is that what caused you to say, you know, what, this is not enough? Because at 21, you're owning your own house. I would think the people that you're around at 21, you're thinking, man, I'm doing it. Unless you were connected to some people who had accomplished more. Right. Well, I mean, working at the post office, one thing I'll say about it, and I love that career. I love the job, you know, mm-hmm. that I that I held there because I was in a building with 400 other people. Mm-hmm. So I had so many examples of other people. Mm-hmm. So I knew what was waiting for me when I got to 35, 45, okay. 65. Right. And I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And right? also... Um, was it ins- inspirational for you? Because Georgetown is a nice area. That's Absolutely. True. So you're delivering mail to these beautiful homes and you may see um, people out during the day when maybe you're thinking, why aren't you at work? Absolutely. Because they're entrepreneurs and they're building businesses. So that you think that resonated no, that, with that you? That is 100% what it was. Because I was so used to, I thought I, they were going to put me back in the hood where I was going to have to negotiate uh, you know, how to get these checks <laughs> delivered and not, you know, fall for the pigeon drop. Or something like that. Uh, true story. But yeah. it was because of that. You're absolutely right. And it was a part of D.C. that I didn't know existed. I knew mm. where the main strip, I knew 14th Street, I knew, um, you know, Wisconsin, M Street. I knew all of those areas mm. where we would shop, but I had no idea uh, 
Mount Vernon College or all these different streets and huge neighborhoods. and. But at the time, that was your world. Right. That's all you knew. And every single day, 10, 12 hours a day, I saw people uh, who had checks being delivered to them on a daily basis. Mm. I had bills coming in every day. These people had checks coming in every day. And more than half of them would be home and I would deliver the mail. Right. Wow. So right. it definitely built my dream space. And I knew that there was more. And they would converse with me in a way as if I wasn't just the mailman. You know, so mm. some of the conversations really mm. opened me up to think that there was more out there for me. Wow. You know, what's so crazy is that. So you go from an environment where you're like, man, if I can just live to an environment where you're like, people live like this. Right. So I often say exposure gives you an opportunity to see what you couldn't see without that exposure. Right. Like sometimes you're like, man, I don't understand why people don't want more. And it's because they've never been exposed mm-hmm. to know that more exists and that it can exist for them. Right. I never forget, man, when I worked at the, when Trace and I worked at the mall, um, Christmas Eve, I counted out $60,000 in cash. And at that moment, it hit me that, hold on. I'm counting out sixty thousand dollars in cash. And how much did you make a year at that time? Forty thousand dollars. Wow. So I realized somebody just made sixty thousand dollars, at right. least in revenues, right? right? Regardless of what in it was a profit. Day. In a day. Yeah. And they're paying me forty thousand dollars for the whole year. Yeah. And it hit me. I'm like. And that was your moment. Yeah, that was a moment for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I didn't have to say I heard people make sixty thousand a day. Someone t- I read, mm. I counted yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So I knew at that moment it was possible. Yeah. And, and a lot of the people, as I mentioned, I delivered mail to because I saw the lifestyle and they didn't seem any smarter than me. Mm. They seemed like they had found a way to work smarter and not harder. Mm. And I was working hard. I mean, I was working 12 hours a day. I was, you know, I was running, physically running my route every day. Mm-hmm. There was no way to get through it, right, without physically running that wow. route. So uh, I knew there was more out there for me. And that's when you all came along, honestly, uh, and started to expose me to a totally different way. Yeah. Right. So I'm glad, man, you saw my mama that water filter, man. <laughs> was, thank you. I appreciate that. Seriously. But that your your thinking, your self-talk, and it wasn't just self-talk because you were projecting it to other people like mm-hmm. myself. I remember uh, Friday night, you know, I would hang out with my boys, right? We would go out, mm-hmm. you know, locally. And you all would invite folks over and we would just dream build on a yeah. Friday night. Yeah. And I literally remember being there and we're watching videos of how other people are living and all this good stuff. And I was like, what am I doing here? Mm. But it was those type of events, those type of evenings and just the kind of conversations we would have that really shifted my thinking mm. into believing that, you know what, my day job is no longer my destiny. Mm. I remember, man, we... um we decided to create this accountability group, mm-hmm. right? And I remember there were times where Mike is at our house at like two in the morning. You're like, are you coming upstairs? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, baby, we, you know, we're game planning. And you were like, maybe you should marry Mike. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> we, we was, really? Yeah, yeah we spent a lot of time. Yeah. We spent a lot of time. I appreciate you all doing that too because, I mean, think about it. That, that was a big sacrifice on your household, on your family to say, uh, obviously, I see enough in in me. Mm. Uh, and then maybe it was challenging. And that's a question I have for you to find people who were willing to work 12 hours a day and then, you know, come over and spend another six hours learning a presentation or, or, or you know, trying to figure out how to game plan to get to another level. Yeah. You see what he's doing, right? By the way, Mike, he's also a podcaster. Welcome to the We Won't Quit podcast. Family. <laughs> we won't quit. So just like 
a partner of ours, David Shans, he's all of a sudden interviewing us. Right. This is right. our podcast. You can't ask us your, questions. Right. No. Yeah. But, but the, they want to know. This about is not the We Won't Quit podcast. Y'all can go check him out. Go like, subscribe, and share his podcast. But this is not that. Well, you know what I was thinking, too? I wonder if the two of us became closer, and I didn't realize it, because you were there so much. And I wanted to be a part of it. I said, well, he must be great if you guys are spending that much time together. So I kind of inserted myself in. I wonder, I wonder if that. Yeah, because I actually asked you, hey, can you watch some of his presentations? Oh, yeah, we did. We used to get the kids to sit. And they were little and they would sit there and they would be laughing at you. See, this is not (laughs) positive self-talk that that you guys are hearing. See, this is the problem with doing a podcast with your your friends who have been family for 25 years. That made you better. I had a kid sitting there laughing at me while I was practicing my presentation (laughs) in my postal uniform. And I had to be at work. They should have been in bed. Why were y'all keeping them? And you, you were like trying to explain stuff. You were like, okay, so well, uh, that's the whiteboard. Wow, you were shaking. It was like connected dots. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know how you notice your voice like this? And then, and then, and then, I was like, dude, speak and, English. And, and this is why I don't come over to the self house. But, <laughs> but, but seriously, in all honesty, the the beauty of that mm. is, where else could I have gone? You know, to to grow, and you all weren't laughing at me; you were laughing with me. We yeah. were sure we were going together, really, genuinely. Yeah, you know, working to become better. Where can you go and experience that, right? Yeah, true. And it with, wasn't with no hidden people, agenda, right? right? With no hidden agenda yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, and I think right? that's the key. But that worked both ways for you as well. Yeah, yeah. No, we, were, we were great for each all of us together. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and so that's my point. So, so we decided we're going to create this accountability group, right? And it was four of us. And my question to you is. I remember you saying, I feel like I'm the weakest link and I don't want to be the one that holds us back. Mm. Right. You remember that moment? I remember it like it was yesterday. And so, part of it was because of my work schedule, mm-hmm. because you That's all cool. had more time to build, That's right. more time to go out and create success. And I can see the bond that was being created with you all throughout the course of the day. Right. And I felt like I was holding the team back by not having as much time to give. No, to to our business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you were the only one with money, so you were this the one true. paying for us to go out. And <laughs> you even helped us. You even helped us get a cell phone. Yeah, it was on my. They had the I'm time because they didn't have admit. jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. So thank you for working. It, it Podcast now supposed to go in this direction. <laughs> it came full circle. It came full circle. But talking about that, it was the personal development because we part of that mastermind was working on ourselves. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how that carried over into so many other aspects. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you were telling yourself at one point, Hey, I don't want to hold the team back. And at the same time that motivated you to do more in the small, in the slivers of time you did have, right. what were you telling yourself? Like, what was your self-talk? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make it up. You tell me. What no, it's constant. And, and you all know my memory. So, you know, I can literally mm-hmm. visually see, Myself on 26 and P Street and talking to myself out on my route and, you know, just a lot of it wasn't always positive. Mm. If I can be real, it just wasn't. Mm. Uh, but I was always leaning to know to 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 understand. I always understood uh, that there was just so much more out there because we were experiencing so much more. We were seeing others who weren't, quite frankly, as good as we were. Mm-hmm. Right. Or as sharp as we were. And they were having success. Yeah. So I knew the only thing I didn't have was time. Mm. And that's when I realized time was my greatest asset. So I knew that I was going to have to stay up later. I knew I was going to have to sacrifice mm. sleep short term if I wanted to have, you know, just the time freedom to be able to do the things I wanted to do long term. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's huge. So 
So you're like, you're, you're in this place where you're like, okay, I'm willing to stay up later. I'm willing to get up earlier. Cause you work overtime too. That was every day. Yeah. It was 12 hours a day. Right. And this, this is yeah. what I want our audience to yeah, get, absolutely. right? Because sometimes people are like, well, I'm trying to wait to get you know, my ducks in a row and waiting right. for the perfect time. Right. He's like, look, I'm just going to do it. There was no perfect time. Right. And I remember having that conversation with you. I said, look, this is what I'm going to need in order to accomplish more and, and in order to be able to to make up in, in numbers what I lack in time. Yeah. And I said, I just need that from you. If you can you know, assist me, even if it's two in the morning, even yeah. if it's 6 a.m. and you were there, you yeah. said, hey, I'm going to meet you and give you 100 percent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we yeah. started to build. The other thing was right. the personal development. I kind of go back to that because, and, and that starts, that's where the self-talk comes in because it was, wasn't just in building a business. That self-talk translated into me becoming a better son, becoming a better father. For yeah. every book that I read in, on personal development, once I became a dad, obviously your goddaughter and now Maya being your goddaughter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Michaela and Maya. For every book I read on personal development, I started reading books on fatherhood because mm-hmm. I didn't have that example, just like I didn't have an example in business. Wow. So if I read, you know, uh, how to win friends and influence people, I had to read, read strong fathers, strong daughters. Mm-hmm. If I read uh, who moved my cheese, I was going to have to read raising confident girls. If I read 10 X and, uh, you know, sell or be sold, I had to read the fatherhood principle and, and next level parenting. So I had to focus on not just the personal development to grow my business, but also to grow my babies. Mm-hmm. And I was committed to that. Yeah. And that all starts with self-talk. Yeah. That's so good, man. And I know there were moments where your self-talk was probably even more important because share with me and share with the audience. If you're at a, an environment where there's 400 people, I I can only imagine because I never worked in an environment with that many. I can only imagine some of the things people would say to you that would cause you to self to second guess the things you've been trying to say to yourself. Right. Yeah. You kind of know some of it because I would come to you with it. What were, what like, were some of the worst things that people told you oh when you man, were at the just, post office? Uh, with it that you were the only one making money that <laughs> that I was building something for you guys. No, I think some of the worst things that I heard was, you know. You're just not going to make it mm-hmm. like literally. You, and it was in a jovial fashion and you almost kind of laugh with them. Right. Because you kind of the, the great thing about the post office, we had a lot of fun, a lot of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. But some of that stuff hurts when you're building around the clock yeah. and you come in, you're tired, you have a job to do. And they're like, look, man, just get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't seem like it's strong or it's a. Uh, no, but it's it, negative. But yeah. when you're building, when you're trying to get out of your comfort zone and someone right. is telling you. To remain comfortable, like, look, man, you're making over forty thousand dollars a year. You got a house, right? You know, you have this. You got a car out there. Just settle in. And you're doing better than the average man your age. Much better at that point. Absolutely, yeah. much better. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, that was what, tough. what more can you want? Yeah, that was tough. It was tough to hear that because I hadn't completely shifted to a point where I hadn't started to believe that this wasn't enough. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, when you're around folks who they have the nice car. They have the house. Um, they didn't necessarily have, couldn't obtain it without working around the clock as well. Yeah. And I knew that I didn't want that. Right. So you caused yourself, you put yourself in a place where you said, you started saying things to yourself that quite honestly was contrary to what some of the things the other folks, the other 400 were saying to you. Right. And, and, it had to be enough where your actions change. Cause I know people who people around them saying stuff to them all the time, yeah. like encouraging things, not even negative things. Like you can do it. You're better than this. And they still don't actually act. 
mm-hmm. in a way that they believe that it can happen. Because whatever you believe, yeah. if you really believe it, you right. act on it. So right. A lot of times people say, you know, I believe in it. But yeah, yeah, it has faith. You know, yeah. you got to also have some strong faith. And I don't want it to the, the perception to be that everyone in that building was negative. Because right. I definitely had some people in there who told me, you can get out that there. That somebody delivered this route yeah. before you were here. Somebody's going to deliver it if mm, you're not here. That's a good point. So because I had that, and that's all I needed. I just needed a few people. I just needed, you know, just a couple folks outside of that who led me to believe that there was more, you know, that I could obtain. But yeah. I, I want to say this. My mom used her faith because she was very religious, right, uh, to endure situations. So that's what I saw growing up. You know, Mama Humes was always like, God will provide, right? Yeah. She used her faith mm-hmm. to, to just kind of sustain and know that God will provide. And I use my faith to move forward. Mm. You know, so it was that shift in thinking where it wasn't just enough, but that there was more out there for me. Yeah. Yeah, this is so good. So we're going to come back after uh, going out to our sponsors because I guarantee you there's some folks watching right now this self-talk experience and they're saying, quite honestly, I need an exit strategy. Like I ain't, I ain't, I I'm comfortable where I am. And I know the thing holding me back from $100,000 a year is me making $50,000 a year. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I'm, I'm not suffering. So I'm going to come back and tease self, your bestie and I, <laughs> go and peel this onion back a little bit and find out, you know, what, what was the moments? What were the, the steps, mental steps that allows you to literally walk out of the post office into millions of dollars? Let's do it. All right. We'll be back. Hey, what's up, fam? You got to connect with J&E Builders. They buy homes in any condition. J&E Builders even help out with distressed properties. And if you're dealing with a significant amount of taxes, J&E Builders will assist you with that home as well. Give them a hit at J&E underscore Builders. That's at Instagram at J&E underscore Builders. Hey, Sales Talk Experience family. If you want to do some great shopping and get great finds like this, follow my girl, thebriana.k on Instagram. And if you want to shop, go here. So author and trainer Monty Sanders has been in this health and wellness space for over 20 years. His most notable clients are NFL Hall of Famers, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. And guess what? He's got an Amazon best-selling book that you can gain access to right now. It's the power of you versus you. I'm going to tell you right now how you can get access to that and his other programs. All you have to do is go to thepowerofyouversusyou.com. That's it, thepowerofyouversusyou.com to get access to that amazing book as well as all of his other programs. Hey, what's up, self-talk experience family? Listen. I thought I was going to get some bathrooms renovated, but I had no idea when I connected with my man Stan Neal that it would be more than a renovation. I'm not even sure what the term should be. Maybe transformation because I started with the bathrooms and all of a sudden my entire basement was redone in a way that my family members thought I moved. Seriously. So if you're looking to take your house to the next level, whether it's some custom construction, some transformation of your bedroom, your bathrooms, your family room, your great room, I did it all. I I mean, if I showed you my entire house before and after pictures, in fact, I'm going to show you some, you would say no way is that the same room or the same house. Listen, I'm just saying this because I've got personal experience with this gentleman. So you want to connect with him. I'm going to give you the number, his office number to reach him as well as email. And again, you will not be disappointed. So if you want to reach him uh, via 
his office number, 202-359-3923. Again, 202-359-3923. And email is stan, S-T-A-N dot Neil, N-E-A-L-J-R at freshairllc.com. Connect with my man Stan. You won't be disappointed. Hey guys, we are back. Before we start talking to you about your exit strategy for the post office, I wanted to ask you a fun question. Okay. Okay. So if you had one superpower that you could pick, what would it be? Superpower. It was it was always fly. Why would you want to fly? I have no idea. Because I used to walk <laughs> so much growing up. Like, and then you had to walk through some bad neighborhoods. So did you walk so to school to be, oh yeah, and then, then you were a mail oh yeah, carrier? Absolutely. Interesting. And it was some long walks to school. But it yeah. was it was fly then. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know what it would be now. Might still be fly. What would, what would yours be? I want to be invisible. I knew it was going to be invisibility. <laughs> I knew it, and that's the thing that most people would say. What, what's yours? I want to be able to read people's minds. This is the thing. He's doing it again. He's asking us questions. Okay, never mind. Never mind. This is not your podcast. It's not your podcast. I know what you're thinking right now. Would you be wanting to read people's minds? I know what you're thinking right now. Stop lying. You've been lying this See, whole this, time. This is how it's been for 25 years. I need you guys to understand that. This is this is what we're hanging around the cells. So hold on. Me. Let me because you wanted to fly, did you did you walk and deliver mail? Or did you have a mail truck? You had a truck, right? Yeah, I had a truck, but it was Georgetown, man. You know Georgetown. So you got so out of the hills. It yeah. was up and down. It was yeah, it was old historic homes with little teeny mailboxes with dogs you, that are ripping like, it up. Like, did you stuff. legit get chased by dogs? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even going to tell that story on the self talk experience. But yeah, no, I got chased several times. And I little, actually would that, like to hear about that little spray, how you got chased by a dog. Man, that little spray, man, was like binocular to them dogs. Like, it was like rough spray. Them dogs were, were oh, running on that stuff, man. It was horrible. <laughs> See, yeah, it made me go back to the post office, but I wouldn't. Fly. Never. Was, I mean, all right, we're going to get to how you walk out, walked away from the post office, but what's a memorable moment at the post office? Like, while you were delivering mail, has anything crazy ever happened while you delivered mail that's appropriate to talk about? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of memorable moments. Um, a lot of great things that happened. <laughs> How much of this is edited? <laughs> but uh, no, it was, uh, it was phenomenal in terms of just growing. I got a chance to really converse with some people. There's no way I would have been able to have that type of one-on-one time with them. Uh, especially business owners, because their guard was down. Mm -hmm. So they didn't look at me as a 21-year-old from the inner city. They really conversed about, you know, you start with the weather, you start with... And you know so much about their lives, Mm -hmm. because everyone knows their mailman reads their mail, right? If you don't, (laughs) we we know it all. But that's... No, but in all seriousness, that's a good point, because you're you're looking at what they're getting. You're looking at the magazines that are coming to the house. That's interesting. And that was the first time I read Forbes, Fortune, uh, a lot of... Uh, well, you building. were reading their magazine. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. I remember, uh, and I, you know, true story. I remember a couple of my my friends and I just taking a break, and one of them was looking through a magazine, and we're like trying to figure out if these people really made it. Mm-hmm. You know, are they really in this magazine? Did they wow. really succeed to get to this point? And how did they do it? Or if their stories were fictitious or this, that, and the other. And hmm. I and I bet people have said that about you now that you've been in magazines that have been right. delivered. Absolutely. Some of those same people hmm. that I opened magazines with yeah. had a chance to see yeah. myself in either one of those or similar magazines. Wow. 
That's amazing. That is. What an accomplishment, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. It, it. It's from association. You know, I, I can't really take credit for it. It's really based on association because there's no way, there's no way I would be here if it wasn't for the fact that I started to shift the way I was thinking, mm-hmm. but I needed to be around other people who thought the way I needed to think, mm-hmm. right, in order for that to happen. It wasn't just going to happen. Yeah. Well, it was a combination of that. And also, you definitely have to take credit for it because you work hard. So I want you to take credit for it, but I appreciate that. No, I, I think it, and I said no, but I mean, yes, I appreciate it. No, but in the sense of, I think if you have that work ethic, the other part is easy, right? Physically getting up at four o'clock in the morning, tricking myself, mm. right? Writing on the refrigerator, Mike, how many mornings will you continue to get up this early to go and to work for someone else? Mm. Like I saw that every single day. Uh, knowing which light I had to catch so that I could get that five o'clock clock ring or six o'clock clock ring mm. uh, with my time card, like just, just, uh, it just, I couldn't take it anymore. And so I mentally, something had to change physically. I knew what I could get done, but I also saw again, what it was going to look like. Cause I was surrounded by people who were having knee surgery, surrounded by people who were, you know, not their best self mm. because they spent so much time on the job, weren't able to be the type of parents or the type of spouse that, Eventually, I said I wanted to be. So because you were in your 20s, but you were watching your fellow employees that were 30, that were 40, that were 50, that had been at the post office for 10, 15, 20 years. And you didn't want to be that person. Not at all. Yeah, but here's the thing, man. I mean, there's a lot of folks who, who saw the same thing. They saw people in their 30s, 40s and 50s when they were in their 20s. They also delivered to mansions and had conversations with folks and had that exposure what separates you? Like, cause there are folks right now, like dude, quite, quite honestly, I don't like what I'm doing. Right. So what, what separates you from someone else who says, I actually don't want to live like this for the rest of my life, but you do, you say, you know, what? I'm going to take the chance. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to, I'm going to count on me. I'm going to get up at four in the morning for me because I get, I got up at four in the morning for somebody else. I made the decision, but then I acted on the decision. So, so many people made the decision. So many people saw it just like you just said it. Mm-hmm. And they said, that's not going to be me. There's no way that I'm going to be passing out smiley faces at Walmart. There's, there's no way I'm going to be that person that's going to be working the fry machine at this age. Like we, we can be condescending and look down on someone for where they are mm-hmm. and say, there's no way that's going to be me. And it's, it, I mean, just one decision away that could absolutely be you. Mm-hmm. So it forced me to stop looking at people. I never really did. But even in a jovial sense, right, mm-hmm. to just make a joke of someone who is in that situation, because I know how life can happen. We all do mm-hmm. yeah. that. Just one decision different and everything is different. Wow. So. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't just a decision. Mm-hmm. It was acting on it. Yeah, that's Man. that's good, because um, right now I'm re- reading Will Smith's book and he talks about that and he talks about being committed and you no one has to commit to do easy things. No one has to commit. I'm going to commit to y'all right now. I'm going to eat all my dessert. <laughs> right. I'm going to commit to y'all right now that I'm not going to wake up early tomorrow. You don't have to commit to do easy mm, things. Right. Good. So for you, you committed to do the hard thing. Right. Because that's what commitment is about. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a, when you make that promise to yourself. Yeah. And when things get tough because they do, that's life. Oh, without a doubt. And you still stick to the promise. Yeah. You still mm-hmm. you're still disciplined. Right. That mm-hmm. that was also having strong wants and reasons. Mm-hmm. You know? Talk about that. I mean, that's 
that was it. Like, I, you know, the tattoo on my arm is your goddaughter. It says my why, right? This is a picture of my daughter. That drove me. Seeing my mom work 32 years for the electric company to retire, right? And start living out of her savings. That drove me, right? To be in a position where that was no longer her situation. But then to a point where once it wasn't her situation, because I was in a position where we could, I could help, uh, where I could start to help others. Well, we really, you know, could start to help and free thousands of families. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really what it's about. You know, how does that feel to free tens of thousands of families? I mean, really? 40 people born in a six-figure income before the age of 40. How does that feel? See, I shifted this entire podcast <laughs> once again. But true story, like, because a lot of my story, it encompasses yeah. not just making the decision, not the action, but the association. Mm-hmm. I was forced to read. Why don't you tell the people about when uh, you called me at the beginning of a year? And I had a goal, man. I was like, I'm going to read three books. I think I'm going to read two to three books every single month. That's going to be a challenge because we had a book in a month. Right. What did you call and tell me? That I was reading a book a week. Right. And you asked me, <laughs> what's up, bro? That's one book a week. Let's do it. And I said, why? <laughs> I, I don't need to read a book. I'm, I'm making a, I was making great income. I made you know millions in my 30s. I made more than $5 million by the age of 40. What, bro, why I got to read a book a week? And what'd you do? I don't remember what you it was. hung up on me, man. You like I'm gonna find somebody else who want to read you, non-reader. Like you said more than that, but I'm gonna keep the nice version. But that is what I needed. Like those type of challenges, those type of associations, to say this is not yeah. enough because we haven't helped enough people. Mm-hmm. It was more than just me. Was key, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you all have been responsible for that, not just for myself, but for countless people, you know. Were you um, hesitant? When it came to walking away from a secure job, you know what I mean? Because growing up, again, you you were like, "Oh, I, I got I'm 21. I got my own house. I got my own car. I'm doing well." I'm sure your mom was like, "I'm so proud of you, baby." Right. I mean, right. here you are now, like, no, this is not quite enough. And now you're walking away from what most people would deem as security to go into entrepreneurship. So let's let's talk about that for a second, because what was that? What was that moment like where you finally made the decision and what caused you to make the decision that, you know, I'm going out on my own? So I, I remember making the decision uh, of just knowing I went to an event mm-hmm. and I knew that I was going to get suspended two weeks without pay mm-hmm. <laughs> for going to this event. Right. Because um, your supervisor didn't want you to go. The, the supervisor said, look, if you take off to go to build that little fundraiser thing, I'm suspending you two weeks without pay. Mm-hmm. And I, there was no way I was going to be able to pay. Uh, the mortgage, like I could have hid the car, right? You can hide the car. You can't hide the house, right? Right. You know, I had to pay the mortgage, right? It right. wasn't a mobile home at the right. time. So, right. um, so I just remember knowing uh, at that moment that there was no turning back. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Were you afraid in that moment or were you confident in that That's moment? That's a great question. I was both. I was definitely nervous. I was definitely had some fear. But that fear drove me. Like it was That's just, what, it was, yeah. You, you, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it was just something about um, just just knowing that that I was no longer the person I was prior to getting that information. And, and that was the key. It was like once I started to, to work on myself through personal development, once you start to go to events and you get more information, it can never be taken back. Exactly. Like I had it, mm-hmm. right? Malcolm X said his alma mater was books. And as a fifth year sophomore, I kind of felt the same, right? It was like I was getting all this, this information, this knowledge. And now all I had to do was go out and apply it. Yeah. And most people just weren't applying it. Yeah. So, but the fear was definitely there. 
Hmm. But it also drove me. Right. It also drove me. Yeah. And I, and I, and I often see that, right? Where fear can either hold someone back and they're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Or fear drive someone in mm-hmm. and, and, and it's like you know i'm scared but i'm gonna do it anyway i'm gonna do it ugly i'm gonna do it now i don't really know all the answers i can't see step 10 yet but i know i gotta step take step one to see step two and right. then two to see step three and i feel like that's your life man like you're like you said your faith calls you to say i don't really know what next year looks like I have a vision of what it could look like, but I'm going to go ahead and take step one now because this week will lead me to next week, which will lead me to next month, which will lead me to next year. Right. And I, I feel like that's, you know, watching you, man, you have done such an amazing job at helping people to say, I tell you what, take my hand and let's at least take one step together. And it's caused people to trust you and to trust themselves because right. that's what a big deal. People don't trust themselves. And you at some point had to say, I've been trusting someone else to tell me my worth all this time. Mm-hmm. They told me I was worth 40000 Now I'm going to trust me that I'm actually worth more than what someone else is telling me that I'm worth. I'm for the first time going to determine my worth. Right. And that means you have to see yourself as worthy and valuable more so than what someone else has said for years up until that point. What your value was spot on. That's it. That's it. I I know, I know how to drive. Mm. So why would I sit comfortably in the back seat That's and it. let somebody else steer all the decisions of my life going this way and that way? Mm. I, I know which way I want to go, mm. but I'm going to sit back here mm-hmm. and I'm going to let somebody else take me where they want me to go. That's going to benefit them. Wow. So that, wow. that was it. It was, there was no way that I could live with myself and, and do that. I was, I never forget. I, I flew to Atlanta um, years ago, years and years ago, and we stopped at at a mall or a shoe shine place, right? It was, I believe, it was in the mall, and it was a sharp gentleman. He was an older gentleman. He was giving us a shoe shine, and I mean, he had so much wisdom, and he knew the industry. He knew a lot of just super successful people mm-hmm. uh, within our field, and I mean, he he was quoting everything, right? He was just—you could tell—he he had a ton of wisdom in him. Right. And my buddy who was there with me, he said, "Man, let me. Can I ask you a question? Like, man, you like you're one of the most articulate people I've ever met." He said, "Can I ask you a question? Is this—is this all you do, or like, uh, how'd you get here? If, if if you know, not to be offensive." And the gentleman said, uh, "Let me tell you something. Uh, whatever you young men do, because I was in my twenties." He said, whatever you do, don't live inside of your comfort zone too long. Mm. He said, I'm in my 70s. And at the last family gathering, I gathered my wife, my kids, my grandkids, and my great-grandkids together. And I apologized to him. Mm. I said, apologize to him for what? He said, I apologize to him for living in my comfort zone too long. Mm. And I've affected generation after generation. He said, don't let that be you. Mm. Never forget it. Mm. Wow. That's deep. Wow. That's deep, man. So let's let's um let's move in this direction real quickly before um you get back on the flight again. So you're at a place now where you've you know had a lot of success in life. We've started a nonprofit, um, and you've helped a lot of other people to succeed. What what keeps you going, right? Because you're you're still like, hey, I'm not done yet. What what keeps you going? What what are you saying to yourself now? It's uh, it's so many more people to help. 
there's so much more to get to get done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't think that folks have seen the best Mike Humes they're going to see. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, not that I think, I know mm-hmm. uh, that there's so much more that I have to offer. So many more people that I'm going to have a chance to mentor uh, and lead. And, you know, that, that gets me up early every day. It keeps me, you know, crisscrossing the country. I have two beautiful daughters, so mm-hmm. that keeps me going. Yeah. Uh, especially with the age difference. Right. And so uh, I just love the fact that, you know, coming out of what we've gone through for the past couple of years, you know, society has right through the pandemic or pandemic, mm-hmm. however people kind of word it, mm-hmm. um, that tomorrow's not promised. Yeah. And so I just want to give it everything I possibly have, yeah. you know, and it's not about it's not about money, because once that's out of the way, then when you get up, who are you? Yeah. Right? What's your goal then? So. Yeah. All right, so now, now you'll make me ask one more question. I'm sorry. <laughs> because I happen to know, because of our relationship, that you've been a great steward over your finances. And you could be driving a Lamborghini right now. You could be, you could, I mean, you honestly, you could be taking trips around the world. You've done really well with your money, man. I'm really proud of you. Like, because I know that sometimes, you know, it's easy to, oh, yeah. um, to do yeah. other things. I'll just put right. it like that. Yeah. And not that anything's wrong with nice. We like nice things. Absolutely. Right? So we like nice cars, nice houses. All that stuff is yeah. nice. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Have you always been like that? It came from not having a lot. Mm. And when you start working at 13 to help supplement the income for your family, um, you know, w- once I started to do those things, it, it forced me to say uh, that I just never knew if it was going to always be there. So I always tried to live as if it wasn't. Now, you know, the cars I've had, you know, what, where I, where I, Oh, we spent money on a night in Miami. And, and that part of like, that is, so. is y'all fault. Cause I started <laughs> to hang with the, these two and started to spend money. And, and then of course you also know how, how many different countries we've been blessed to go to right, and traveling yeah. and things of that nature. I mean, who, who, not too many brothers typically go out on the Serengeti, right? The, Tanzania and Kenya to go out and watch the migration and things like we were blessed to be able to do just within two weeks notice to say, Hey, all right, let's go there. I would never forget. I was in Disneyland, Disney world with KK with my, my oldest. When you call and I said, Hey, you want to go watch the great migration? I was like, when? It's like in two weeks. Bet, let's do it. So so we've had some amazing experiences, but to that end, I always knew how important it was to be able to never live above my means Mm. Uh, and to be able to live off of, I mean, we had some of the same mentors, you know, late great Paul J. Meyer, yeah. mm-hmm. whose income continued to grow, what, like 20, 30, 40 million for like 20 years straight. Yeah. Um, and so to be in a position where we learn from folks who who lived off of 10 to 15 percent of their yeah. income, it just made sense, yeah. yes. you know, to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, especially in our community, you know, people feel like they have to prove to other people that they've made it right. by the trappings. Right. You know what I mean? And. Because you and I and your bestie here have learned learned so much about generational wealth. Right. Right. It's bigger than just us. It's about, you know, can we draw that line in the sand and create wealth for our children's children? Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, just think about it. For what we would spend to buy a new car, instead we are able to provide toys every single year. Right. For elementary school. And and you've been there. Right. We've heard the kids yes. say, I mean, I say you've been there. You all are there every year. Right. Because it's, it's a nonprofit. We co-founded. But you've heard the kids when they say, wow, this is all I wanted. And my mom couldn't afford it. Or yeah. Yeah. the person who's gone through the life situation where whether it was an abusive situation or a fire or, you know, it's always things that are happening. And we've been able to 
you know, provide for those families, man, without anybody knowing that we do it. The folks that we still are blessed to be able to mm-hmm. assist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And, you know, the inspiration you provide uh, for others is um, unquantifiable, right? Because Absolutely. I know there's a, there's a ripple effect, right? So there's lives that you've touched that you'll never hear about. And yeah. so we just want to say thank you, man, because we get an opportunity as we travel to hear your name come up in rooms that you you're not present in which makes us smile yeah i mean so yeah yeah, so let's just keep doing what you're doing man and even when it doesn't make us smile i always have your back (laughs) sometimes your name comes up and we're like uh i don't know him Uh, you know what i heard of him before (laughs) (laughs) thanks for always having my back <laughs> Whether I was right or wrong. Right? Hey, we, we appreciate your self talk, man, and and thanks for your inspiration, honestly, Thank and you. causing other people uh, to shift the stories they tell themselves about themselves because we know that again, again, eventually determines what they attract for themselves. Absolutely. Thanks for being here on the self talk. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having will me. you come back? You know I will. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Make sure y'all check out Mike Humes on the We Won't Quit podcast. Thank you for listening to the Self Talk Podcast with Darnell and Tracy Self. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. And we'll see you next time. And remember, talk good to yourself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.